Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-
members of one in church, a Reverend, a brother of Deacon Redwine there at the Mount of Hebrew Church there in Henderson, Texas. Would you believe when we met with them, just go through some detail on this past Sunday, they have near to near 500 people that signed up. Wow. I want you to mention that because at the end of the discussion with one other gentleman, he's saying, you know, we have a sort of a discussion about us as a people that want and everything. But I'm telling you now, Doc, with what you've been doing, programs you've had and getting the information out, how are people are coming out. They realize so impressive. So that's that's one of the sites we're posting up. As you well know, we want to make sure the corner so we make sure to get the vaccine there. We have another site we're posting up. It is the Russ High School here in a rural uh, Cherokee County, and they are also uh, posting up a lot of people. We and in that site we were working with Brookshire Pharmacy, where they are actually going to help us work with us on that volume. And we have Brookshire site. Uh, there's a North Hope. Oh, you know your church, uh, Doctor uh, North Tenahaw. Yes. Uh, they're right. coming on. We're in the process of doing the pre-registration now. And I just have an right. innocent feeling there's going to be a lot of people there. And because someone, <laughs> the book you mentioned now, is officials now, they just said the government says uh, now 50 and no preconceived. Is that the latest? And that's Correct. All, Correct. And so, the the, and so, the vaccines are being made and, and they're coming. And we're prayerful that the first part of next month that we're going to get a large uh, shipment in and we're going to be able to disseminate uh, those vaccines and put them in people's arms all across uh, East Texas and Texas. Because uh, I don't know if you know, Dr. Hagney, but we rate, and it's so amazing how Texas always rates in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. But we, yeah. we've given less vaccines in Texas than any other state in the union. Were you aware of that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, not amazing. Amazing. We we don't understand. (laughs) People outside of the say, what's going on down in Texas? You know, but you're right. (laughs) And when you think about that, what's so significant about that, doctor, when we have the lowest amount, think about the people of color. Yes. Yes. That also indicates how many of us. That's that's the other significant part about that, how many of us are in this. And it's so exciting to see people in the roles that the churches are playing. For us getting the word out to our community, we know this. You That's know, right. when you talk about trust, you talk about the community. I mean, common, uh, communication in our community. We have to start yeah. with the black church. I know you heard me say this over and over. When we get the when the pastors come on board, the congregation come yeah. on board, our people in the community trust our our churches. You know, and, right. and and so that and that's what's so exciting about, and that's what's going to be the major factor in Texas. How as you well know, the black churches like Joy Church, the St. Louis Church. As each church come on board, that's what's going to drive the numbers up, and that's what's driving the numbers up. And so we're very excited about what's happening. And, and you know, having we're going to also need a, almost like a vaccination tour group because when we talk that's about right. these numbers, to have people on board that can administer the vaccine. Another thing is happening. We have that we have uh, retired nurses who call and say they, they want to work, and other healthcare workers. And that's what's so exciting. A lot of them are in churches. You know, they they just want to help, and, and so that's another exciting thing that people are volunteering and want to help, and, and we're going to need that with the numbers. So you got it exactly. just awesome. And the work you've yes. got now, the work you've been doing, just 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 been a blessing. Yes, it has. And, and I talked to some of the nurses, some of the retired nurses and uh, retired medical people here uh, today, mm-hmm. and they're ready to, to jump out there to to mm-hmm. offer their service uh, to help to make sure that our sites are, are well 
uh, established and they're they're mm-hmm. well covered. And I, I think about uh, I think about uh, think about the military that we got to deploy. Mm-hmm. We got to deploy the people to help us to make sure that we have the medical personnel that's in each one of these sites uh, to exactly. be able to get put put those back put those needles in arms right exactly. and get that vaccine exactly. out there exactly. so that we can get back to some. Form of normalcy, uh, Dr. Hackney. Before we go any further, I want to I want to make this announcement that uh, uh, Miss Rihanna is not going to be with us tonight, but we have uh, Chief Run Spikes that's running the board, and so we invite Chief Spikes to join in our conversation oh, at any point in time that he wants to join in with us. Uh, we'll be happy to uh, to have him in. And I'm not sure that if Mr. Martha is on right now or not, but but we'll carry on and uh, mm-hmm. oh, make sure that he. There you are. Okay, been, good evening. How are you doing? I've been on front uh, again. I've been listening sorry. to you. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been yeah, you've been listening, listening to you. So greetings to you. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? So, right. so I'm going to talk. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, about the vaccines and and the one thing that I, I I was so pleased about to see more this past week, even though we ran out so that we could not give that uh, that uh, vaccine number two on Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday to those that were scheduled for that, but we were mm-hmm. able to um, to get into the arms some of the first-timers, and we were running from eight 900 uh, people uh, each day there at Harvey mm-hmm. Convention. So uh, so it, we're getting there. Uh, slowly but surely, we're getting there. And so we still encourage people to, to listen to uh, the <laughs> facts and not myths, and then you're 100% correct as far as uh, people believing in their ministers and their churches, because we all know that whenever we needed to disseminate any information out to the African-American community, we always went through our churches, correct? Exactly, exactly. That's right. so true. That's go, so true. go ahead, Mr. I, Arthur. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I'll let you finish, uh, Dr. Hadney, and then we'll bring this well, Arthur a, in. I, I just want to congratulate the, the, the radio show. When, we think about, when you think about getting word out to our community, you know, we're not talking about a lot of the Internet, but there are individuals who listen to the radio shows. That's what happened on Wednesday with Home Show. So I just want to head out for the, for the radio station that we're reaching people, and I just want to congratulate the group and congratulate you, Doc, for doing this because this is another way the word is getting out to our communities. Exactly. That's, that's true. Thank you for that. And that's, that's what we're here for to educate and keep people abreast. I mean, people work all day long. They may not have time uh, to catch up on the news during the course of the day. Mm -hmm. So we put on Mm -hmm. these shows at various times so that we can make sure that our community is educated and they are not listening to the myths, but they're listening to the facts. And so we thank you for organizing us and bringing medical professionals together, working in conjunction with the churches so that that information, that correct information will get out there to the public. And and not just the black and brown people, anybody, but but particularly the reason why we talk about black and brown, because we already know that we're at the back of the bus when it comes to health care with the black people in particular and brown people as well. So we certainly, charity, I say this all the time, Charity starts at home. I got to start educating right. my people at home, and then right. we spread out. Right. Okay. Exactly. So exactly. go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Jump on into the conversation. Yeah, which, uh, I'm going to congratulate y'all on uh, on the great work y'all are doing as far as getting the vaccine to the people. Uh, yes. Sir. When you talk about that, when you start talking about the, uh, when you start talking about the uh, diabetes that the commercial came on at the beginning of the show, yes. 
uh, it took me back to my nurse home administration days. I'm, I'm like nurse home administration when, when I was in healthcare. <laughs> they used they used diabetes to put black folks out of business. They say that we were serving that we were giving black folks too much service. And now, wow. you know, you roll up to now, and see now they're making all kinds of money doing that. But I just thought I'd just throw that out. That you know <laughs> that that's just another that that just shows the holes the holes in the medical system. Uh, yes, even I mean, like back then, it, it was just ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> the virus has definitely given us a new view of the system, and we need to take advantage of it to plug them holes because there's a bunch of them. Yes. That, that's yes. exactly you, that's exactly uh, exactly correct. Well, speaking of lots of holes and lots of things that that are going on, Mr. Arthur, I don't know if you know this or not. We're going to switch gears just a little bit because I want to talk about uh, all of those children that are at the border there oh, uh, here wow. in Texas, and I I want oh, to hear what. And I'm gonna I'm gonna send. Uh, I'm going to send Dr. Hackney a couple of uh, articles, uh, Mr. Arthur, I've already sent out to you. And, uh, and yes, we're, going to, we're going to discuss, yes, we're going to discuss uh, this a, a little bit uh, because there's a, lot, there's a lot of pros and cons about uh, what, uh, what needs to happen, what the administration is doing now. And we know that uh, these children did not just appear at the border. Mm-hmm. We know that they've been there mm-hmm. for a minute or two. And so, right. uh, so let, let, let's start out by finding out what it is that we need to do. We've, we've done a lot of research and, and taking a look at, at what's going on down there. And so, um, so I just found out, Mr. Arthur, that, uh, that you may have some uh, at your convention center there in, uh, in Dallas, Texas. Have you heard anything oh. about that? Well, I mean, you know, right now, you know, everything is moving. You got to understand, you know, let's just look at the situation context. Okay. Uh, inhumane treatment, penitentiary okay. system, making money, da 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 and a mm-hmm. big ball neck, a big ball neck. Okay, mm-hmm. change administrations. So his, mm-hmm. so, so this administration's first job is to treat them humanely and okay. unclog the ball neck. And, and, you know, and that ain't just going to happen with a snap of a finger. And then this go. is a this is a season high as far as them coming over. Now going mm-hmm. forward, if we're not going to South America to deal with that, which is what's going to keep them coming, if you don't go down and deal with that, I mean we we all over the Middle East and everywhere else in their business, uh, we need to develop mm-hmm. South America. And until mm-hmm. we get that, until we get that working, and and I and, and you know probably why. They don't want you know probably why they don't want to develop South America. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. but until we do that, until that's done, they're gonna be coming up here. But see that that has been a source of of labor for America forever, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. they're taking advantage of it forever. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you know, but they need to they need to develop the farm team better if they're gonna uh, continue to use them like that. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I think about I think about. This is the medical part of me coming out, and you're 100% correct on your comments. I think about a group of people in a small setting, mm-hmm. uh, and, and with us being in a COVID in pandem- in a pandemic, mm-hmm. COVID-19 mm-hmm. still existing. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine mm-hmm. uh, the disease oh, that's going on? Yeah. Think about it. Yes. Are you thinking yes. about that, Dr. Hagney? Oh, <laughs> yes. I was just thinking. Yes. I, saw that, I saw that picture Come the other day. Oh, my. Yes. I said, oh, my Lord. You know, you, you're so right. We have to, you know, that 
you know, talking about inhumane and cruel ones we have. Yeah. Look at those kids and look at some of them in tents and, you know, all sorts of, you know, distances and problem issues. Uh, you know, from the health standpoint you're talking about, that's what that should be more, a major part of the component. You know, exactly. the physical location, whatever. You know, we have we have we have med school, we have all sorts of healthy educational programs. You know, we go out there, we go out there, we are, we actually in a war with this specific uh, issue. So we need to address it and we need to handle it accordingly. So if we, that means uh, mobilizing our medical resources, whether it be military, the academic, med school, whatever, whatever. Because when you, as you see those students and you see their exposure, those kids' exposure, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a major problem that's in the problem in the, in the process of happening. So we have to cut it off. We have to control that or cut that off or narrow that down at that at that pass. So I, Physically, I, I, you know, I guess they're putting them on the you know, facilities down there. Or the, you know, uh, some kind of way they have to put them there where they can medically attend right. those kids. For, right. you, know, you know, shots, minimization shots, uh, all of the health care needs need to be addressed. You know, Absolutely. And, and you're 100% correct. And, you know, and I thought about after reading some of the articles, thought about when they, when they test them for COVID-19 and some of them are mm-hmm. coming up positive and then they mm-hmm. put them in a quarantine for a shorter period of time. You know, we've already right. established how long that we felt that they needed to stay in. People need to stay in quarantine away from right. others. But can you imagine trying to quarantine that many mm. people who are sheltered in a small space to begin with in the first place? And then you got to have a sick area somewhere by itself right. to quarantine. Right. It's almost impossible, right? It's, it's yes. almost yes. impossible yes. for it to happen. So that's why these children have to be thousands of children have to be disseminated out of these facilities into exactly. other areas across across I think across the United States that they're they're sending them from one point to the next and and my, I'm troubled by it because I stop and think about some of these children may, it may be months to into years before they can find their family members your oh, thoughts for sure. on that oh, for yeah. sure for sure yeah. Well, like you said, the media, the media issue is a healthcare issue. Not to mention exactly. education and everything else. But that's that, that's a priority, number one, because, you know, it, it, it's going to have to be. So, and then, of course, the education, the nutrition, and all that on top of that and everything sure. else. But, yeah, that's, sure. you know, I don't know if where we can take them and, you know, store them or treat them so they can have decent housing. You know, I know it's not perfect, but exactly. it's better than in those tents. Better I've than what, pictures. that's exactly right. Right. And so this, so then my question is that how are we going to find all of these places to just we're talking about three or four thousand uh, children uh, that are coming across in here unaccompanied. Uh, of course, I know that a lot of kids can be housed in a convention center, but, mm-hmm. but as they disseminate children out into areas, it looks like more and more of them are coming. So at mm-hmm. what point? Mm-hmm. Then my question to us tonight is: is 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 there a, a cutoff, or do we continue because because they're coming to our doors for a, to asylum, asking for asylum? Mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm. they're crawling over a fence or going underneath exactly. a tunnel. Right, they're coming to our front door, right? And so exactly. we do have exactly. policies uh, established Until, for that. Uh, Mr. Arthur, comments. Go ahead. Uh, well, like I said, until we go to South America and deal with the coyote situation, deal with the economic mm-hmm. situation that's making the coyotes so popular, until we mm-hmm. go deal with the root, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? This is just 
This is just, at the uh, you know, a money what? making a money making program for some folks. Is what yeah. I'm saying. But that's, so, and, and so we need to take that seriously. What's our policy for South America? What kind of policy do we have? For, what's mm-hmm. our relationship with them? You know, are we down there just uh, you know destroying governments, or are we actually down there trying to build governments? I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm old enough to remember back in when had that. Uh, you remember Reagan now had that. Hey, at that mm-hmm. contra, oh, yeah. uh, uh, contra uh, Nicaragua mm-hmm. thing going, right? Yeah, I remember. I met this white lady. Oh. This white lady. Mm-hmm. That's when the war was going on. So we drove to Union Hall, and I remember her saying, "Not, not, 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 not we need to do something about what's going down there in Nicaragua." Yeah. So So I'm saying that that's the attitude, but that's the attitude towards South America. I'm just saying. That that mm-hmm. needs to change. When we get, you know, not right. only do we need to deal with systematic racism here, we need to deal with systematic racism in the hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Oh true. yeah, oh yeah. Pardon that. You know, they're going to address this issue on both fronts. But he just said it's true. What need to happen down there in South America for a developing relationship and economic deals down there. But we have all these kids here, so the government's going to work on both ends. Yeah. It's not the yeah. either or. It's going to be both because you know the yeah. kids are here. And those you got to stop over down there and do that. So, what about these uh, when people build these like these temporary? What they call temporary? These buildings they mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they used. Uh, what they used to build those was it temporary? Who those houses they used to build? FEMA. And I know somewhere they well, have stores somewhere. Yeah, but look though, but look, here, what I'm saying. we don't need to look at South America as some as some welfare oh. project. You oh, know, no, we no. should be looking okay. at South America as a we, we should be looking at them and develop them as a market as a market. Oh, sure. You know, sure. you know the kids up here. The kids up here. If we if we do what we're supposed to do, then we can make uh-huh. money working with the kids down there. So it's not oh, no. Oh, yeah. you know, we don't need to push from no welfare system perspective you know, oh, yeah. no, no. because they got land, they got everything they need. We just need to, oh, yeah. you know, you know, integrate with them. Uh, you know, make, yeah. you know, make deals with like everybody else and help them mm-hmm. develop. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like agriculture, food, stuff, and all that. So yeah, on both sides, yeah, they could do that. But you know, well, you know, I remember in the military, we we were always on various and sundry missions, and so we had a mission in Honduras to go down there to immunize uh, those young children down there. So you're right, the military can come in, and and we can make some changes and do some things so that so that these children don't have to endure what they're enduring because we understand that the reason why they're coming is because of the cowardice, right? Because of the, exactly. the dangers yeah. that they're living yeah. that they're living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You know, narco yeah. countries and all that kind of stuff busting out out there, you know, that type of stuff. And that's because they don't have any uh, trade in the hemisphere with the, you know, Mercury, you, you know, okay, Mexico, Canada, okay, they hooked up right next to us. Okay, so they both of them doing well. But once okay. you go past that, like down mm-hmm. in Brazil, they got look at look at down in Brazil, they still got look at they still got their Trump president. Oh yeah, they yeah, they down there just yeah. you know, yeah. it's a mess. Mm-hmm. So we don't get so and, and see he gonna come around and give everybody the new strain stuff he's doing down there. He he said that to my day nothing happened and he didn't had COVID. But anyway, but I got I, I digress. But I'm just saying we need to work with those countries in this hemisphere. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, Brazil is, minor, is majority black. Mm-hmm. Right. You know that. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, so I'm just saying, again, again, there's reasons why 
uh, you know, America don't want to develop South America because of, because the fact be known. Oh yeah, yeah. If you just oh, yeah. by race, it, it's more yeah. black folks in, in this hemisphere than it is anybody. Yeah, it's more yeah. black. I'm gonna say it again. It's more black folks in this hemisphere than there's anybody. I'm not talking about in America, but in the hemisphere. So you know, well, you, so, you were so talking. Again, you were talking about. Well, you were talking about that Trump has. Is what you were talking about? That's already had COVID. And not only let's let people know, not only did he have COVID, he's also had the vaccine, the thing uh-huh. that he was pushing, vaccine. that he's turning other people, other Republicans and other people that follow him, uh, turning them away. Actually, the uh-huh. reason why we're in the shape that we're in right now, well, how many vaccines were left uh, January the 20th? How many was made and what kind of uh, stockpile did we have to help to Start to immunizing the people in America. Not very many, right? That's why we're we're running out uh, as we're trying to vac- vaccinate people uh, every single day. We don't have enough to cover all the people, but we know that large supplies are being made now. Go ahead. Wait, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I have you know I keep hearing about vaccine resistance. So far, we haven't seen it, and that's why I'm saying. They need to just, right. before they start that vaccine resistance talk, as far as I communicate, we need a lot of education. They need to first make it available, and then let's see if it's true. But just to, you know, don't, because I heard some folks using for an excuse this week. Well, you know the reason black folks ain't, because, you know, they got that. That ain't the reason. They ain't made it available. Like up here in South Dallas, but it wasn't for black people. I mean, you, you know, it was, you, know you, you drive through that, it's, it's like rows of cars of white people. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is here as well. And that's why that's why Dr. Hagney put together our team of professionals to to handle just what you're talking about. You're absolutely correct. Exactly, exactly. And this mall to a certain way. Now we're focusing talking towards rural areas, but the same mall to be adapted to the South Dallas area because it's getting all the people together. And also, again, where you, to a certain in healthcare, we need to step up and sort of be in control of our healthcare system. Yes. You know that's the, right, so right. we have to have our we have have to have the healthcare profession. We have the nurses. We have all the people, and with expertise to set up our clinics. And just like in South Dallas, what we're doing in the East Texas area, and then work with the vaccines there and have that control. We need to more have more control always, and hope at some point in time Washington might start. Send the vaccine directly to well, the retail pharmacies. What we're doing with Brookshire's and other pharmacies, they're getting it. Yeah. So in South yeah. Dallas, partnering with the CVS or Walgreens, wherever in one of those neighborhoods, because she had those pharmacy deserts we talked about. Partnering right. with that local That's group, right. that pharmacies that can get the, the ship directly in versus going to the state. But if you're in Dallas waiting on the state, I knew the state shut down some places in Dallas because they were threatening to prioritize some of our people. Because they had that control. But if you own it through CVS and Walgreens and some other pharmacies, you can bypass the state. And that's what we're showing you. We have to bypass the state administration, yeah. work with them, but we can't well, just say, let, 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 hey, 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 let me ask you a question about your program. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, again, because I'm curious people think about once we get past the pandemic. Once we get past mm-hmm. the pandemic, what is your pro, what's your program going to look like? Oh, I tell you, we 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 in the, we are, we are in, the, in the second phase. Like we mentioned earlier about diabetes, a while ago. So we understand mm-hmm. precondition we are started before the vaccine. The yeah. Vaccine just highlighted the equity and disparity in our healthcare system. So when we talk about uh, one of the components, we have, we have a person from the ag department 
on our task force. That person is there to talk about the nutrition. We're talking about why, why we are preconditioned also to follow. So our program is a program that will be in place even if it can adapt, for example, entrepreneurship, uh, training people jobs, the education component. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have all these people on here because we're looking hereafter. We recognize we want to be functioning after the virus because we're still going to have the, the, the health conditions after the virus. So we have to direct the entrepreneur. And, and more oh, of them, right? Let me explain. You say entrepreneur. Are you say entrepreneur. Uh, are we talking about medical entrepreneurs? Are we talking about oh, what kind yes, of entrepreneurs? Yes, we medical, business owners. Business owners. Medical, medical would be because when I greatest needs in East Texas, another is medical healthcare professionals. Yeah. So we need to get people, yeah. doctors, we need doctors, dentists, healthcare people in these neighborhoods because if that's shown, that people respond to someone who looks like them. There so you we, need to get, we need to create. We need to create clinics. For example, in South Dallas, we need to create clinics. Where, so we got to stop going to these big mega complexes that they build and expect us to come. See what I'm saying? We got to get out in these big, communities. Big and also, we can partner with these medical schools to have these, these, you know, medical schools can pay off some of their loans by working in neighborhoods. The yes, medical schools. Work, work it, working in rural America. Rural America. And design, and see what they're talking about. And when you have, uh, uh, well, one of the, I think it's Dollar Journal or whatever, they're trying to negotiate. Clinics in the rural oh, areas. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Now, right. you know, stop and think. Stop, stop and think about that. What is that? What is that selling us? Uh, you know, that's a slap in the face of our black churches in our community. If Dollar Journal, um, they can say that we can provide <laughs> that service. You put a mobile deal on our parking lot. That's embarrassment. When we have black churches and other in our neighborhood, all we have to do is come together and work together like we're doing in East Texas. You know, Absolutely. and being that entrepreneurship, create businesses, uh, jobs, and, and home health, and run those businesses and take care of our people. Well, for example, we talked to a young lady about transportation. One of the major needs hey, we hey, have is transportation. There's a young lady I'm hey, talking hey, to her hey, to start a transportation a minute, business. Just, just a second, Mr. Arthur, just let start, me complete that. that. Start her okay. transportation cool. business. So those individuals who can't get to a clinic, she can drive around, pick them. That's a business she can continue here after the virus. Transportation Absolutely. needs in our rural. I'm just that's an example. Uh, entrepreneurship. That's where we get the money in our community. You know. The only thing I was going to say was, the only thing I was going to say was, when we say the leadership in the black church, because I don't, because I don't think the black churches, I think the leadership in the black church that's not stepping okay. up to do the things you're talking about. That's well, there's about that. Yeah, along the leadership the line, there in the black a, churches. Yeah, there's a, there's a group. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a group. That's working at that point there because my son-in-law is involved with a lot, a lot of people, and they're starting with the, like you say the pastor of the church, working with the church to do what we're talking about. And I think one of the issues they're looking at is about the George Foreman bill, Foreman bill that. But they're they're moving mm-hmm. they're getting they're they're starting the education component with the churches, getting the churches to work together. As it was a national program, you hear about that. You hear about that, but they're working with the local pastures and working with them how to get organized. One of their first fears is that if, if we say anything, for example, voting the government gonna come take out take out five one C three. There's a discussion there's a young lady who's attorney, I think she's in California. She's going there's a program they're gonna have on the twenty fifth where she's gonna talk about how black churches can operate without this and do what they need to do without fear that somebody's gonna shut them down. I'm just gonna mention there's a group that's being organized to address exactly what you just said. 
Exactly. And, and, and I don't know if uh, you were part of us as we talked about uh, the churches and the fact that churches are already, they're already nonprofit organizations. They don't have to apply for a 501c3. Sure, they can get any right. form of, because, and, and, and that's, therein lies the issue where, where some of the churches have now backed up from stepping out there and being a voice in the community because uh-huh. they think they're going to lose that 501c3 uh-huh. that they really did not uh-huh. have to apply for anyway mm-hmm. because they're nonprofit. All, all churches are nonprofit. They're not for profit. Right. So, right. But, uh, but that's the lack of education that that but, was out there to our community. Go ahead, Ms. Burke. But, but let me tell you what the genesis of that was so you know where that came from. You, you know, that make, oh, makes church in the 501c3. Yes, sir. They had a thing called the Credit Reinvestment Act. Oh, mm-hmm. Phil Graham. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil Graham mm-hmm. set all that up. And then like, mm-hmm. what they would do is, I'm talking about what was going on up here. All they do is once a year, they get them passed together get and do a chicken dinner. Okay. And then they check the box that they mm-hmm. had uh, met with the community, and the community said they didn't need nothing. Now, in the meantime, <laughs> they was, like, setting them buildings, setting them new churches, right? You know, financing right. new churches and all that kind of stuff. You know, a bunch of them probably had right. to sell them off, or you know, so couldn't sell them. But anyway, you know, and so they got into debt through them five one three C's. Bottom line, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, getting that, you know, getting, you know, Bush, Bush laid out a, much, a bunch of money for them, but mm-hmm. they get some money. That's that faith, faith, money. And they've been, yeah, the faith based initiative, and they've been initiative mm-hmm. ever since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well. Everything that we needed to make happen uh, in our communities, it was filtered through the uh, through the churches, correct? And of yes. course, we we hate. The, and let me just share this with you: we should not even be having to use the term "black" quote unquote "black churches," but mm-hmm, we know mm-hmm. that the churches are the most the what would they say the eleven o'clock hour is the most segregated right. hour on exactly. Sunday morning in this exactly. country. Period. Period. Exactly. Period. Yeah, exactly. I know now we have we have a little bit of mixture going on, but for the most part, it's still yes. the predominantly black church and still the predominantly yes. white church. Would you agree? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But remember now, we know. But remember, but remember now, we we we're not too far removed from that 250 page Bible. Okay. Talk to me about that. What well, that was the Bible that they used. Well, that was the Bible that they educated black folks with. They took all the good parts, you know, put all the good parts for them in there, like <laughs> like obey your master and you know and you know so forth and so on. You know, just humility and you don't want nothing. Don't ask. You know what I mean? You're just glad to be here. Just a humble bee. So they, you know, and two hundred fifty pages. Just a humble bee. So, yeah. So you know. <laughs> so you know that. Uh, 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 you know, we just didn't know. And so as we have, have you know, grown in you know religion and. Setting of our own. Now we don't figure out. Hey, they kept, you know, they kept all the rest of it to themselves. So, so now folks are having to, folks are now having to study for themselves and find out, you know, different spirituality and religion. You know, where the church is. You know, where the temple is. You know, the temple is your body, in case you didn't know. Uh, there you go. So, basically, basically, we we having to do a whole examination in this world of information. So it's a lot of information out there folks to go and mm-hmm. you know, like we saw a bunch of pastors get killed early in this COVID thing, right? Right. That's you know, it. They say, right. Hey, That's my, my God's a powerful God. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just saying, mm-hmm. 
you know, we 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 still learning about you know about spirituality in our you know in our Christendom or or whatever Muslim prayer is, and we still learn about all that. What well, was interesting that you brought this out, uh, Mr. Arthur, because my mind reflected right back to to uh, and, and we say we are a Christian nation, and uh, and we were established under the uh, <laughs> Christianity. Uh, but I think about those children on that border, right back to those migrant children that are, mm. are down there, and how how we as Americans uh, are treating. Uh, these young innocent ch- these are children, oh, yeah. and these I think children. about I think about we, we all have children, uh, and uh, can you imagine uh, look, you would be doing look. the same thing to try to protect your children? Would you not uh, get them into look, some look how, safe area? Yeah, but look how go America ahead. treats its own children. Yeah, but, but, but look how America treats its own That's, children. There you go. There you go. I mean, you know, point. Come on, you know, we treat their own children. And if you look down there, well, it, it looks it looks about the same in a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Except for uh, it, so they raise our government and ship them off to the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. There you go. And I don't know what's going to happen yeah. to these right here, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying though. So you know, we don't need to be surprised about how America, uh, it, you know, been tre- you know, because hey, look at how we yeah. treat our own. Children. Not surprised at all. Go, go ahead, Dr. Heck. Yeah. Well, you think about how far those those children travel. Yes. And, you know, that lets you know, condition-wise, health-wise, they're already at the breaking point. How they walked or how they got all the way up. Just imagine what they went through just to get here. You know, oh, my goodness. And, you know, and that just, you know, just physically and mentally and nutritional-wise and everything, they're almost at the breaking point. Their health and everything, that's, 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 that's amazing. So they're all medically they're all near the breaking point when you stop and yes. think about that. So that's why even that rescue port of it is necessary, you know, and where you place them and everything. But that should be their immediate address to see, address the current health condition of those kids. And those kids are small kids, young kids. So imagine what their bodies have they've gone through up to Oh, my this goodness. Point. Oh, my goodness. I, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to even think about. It's hard to even think about that. Listen, yeah. we ha- I have a young lady just texted me and said she's listening in and that she actually studied social work, uh, Miss uh, Yolanda. And so I wanted Miss Yolanda to, to tune in, and I don't know if uh, she wants to unmute her phone and uh, give us some comments as to what her feelings are as a social worker to know that these children are being housed uh, there at the border and, and the living arrangements that are being made for them. And, and Mr. Arthur made a, a strong point, and that point is, well, look how we treat some of our own children that was born and bred in this country. So if we treat our children who were born and bred in this country, uh, how much do we really care about those that are coming across from the other side? Keeping in mind that we're all French, we all migrated our ancestors mm-hmm. migrated to this country, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-uh, I, mine, I was I mine was kidnapped. Mine was kidnapped. That's right. That that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. We'll we'll but but we didn't. We ended up being here, coming here. Yes, we came on against our own will. Our ancestors came against their own will, but we're still here, right? So that we we come we forget that that 
all of us ended up migrating here or being forced here against our own will. Ms. Yolanda, if you're listening, you can come in and talk to us about what your feelings are in regards to these children at the border. I don't know if she's still there with us or not, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll carry on uh, with with the conversation. It, it's just well, I'm I don't here. Know. I, I'm here, oh, Madam Councilwoman. I'm here. The bishop is here. How are you? Hello, Bishop. Uh. Thank you so much, Bishop, for being in. I know you have a lot of conversation. I'm glad you're coming in so that you can be with us uh, on tonight. Jump in there, and and as a matter of fact, if you would take over and be the host, and I'm going to sit <laughs> back and listen. <laughs> I get to relax tonight. You get to relax. <laughs> Go ahead, Bishop. Well, I I hope we didn't lose him. He came in, and then what happened, Bishop? Lose, are you still in? You didn't lose me. Uh, I thought someone no. else was coming in. I want to say this: okay. you are in our prayers. I've contacted the prayer warriors. I was on the phone. When you first began, because I was, I know how important prayer is to you and your husband, who is a pastor. You have lived through something that a lot of people don't. And all you listeners out there, I want you to say a prayer for our dear councilwoman. Um, she she was in an accident, and it was a blessing that God bestowed on her the mercy and grace that He yes. bestowed yes. on the soldiers. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's not every day that we're able to laugh and and talk with someone who's been hit by a 16-wheeler. Yes. yes. But I want to talk about grace for one moment and mercy from God. Most yes, 16-wheelers, when they hit something, they mash them. That's why they call oh, a yes. BW a bug. You ever yes. seen it get hit by an 18-wheeler? So, um, you know, my co-host and friend and sister um, sometimes she's modest and she's a fighter she's a tough as a burnt nail but sometimes she's modest and she's in a lot of pain you know and she's going through some things and I want you all to know that you know uh, we're all in an army and we're fighting for our God and we're fighting mm-hmm. to prove to those who are either non-believers, don't mm-hmm. want to believe, uh, mm-hmm. refuse to believe, can't believe, and don't achieve um, his grace, that mm-hmm. we are still walking testimonies of yes, him God. every day. So, yes, you know, Doc, Dr. McKellar, uh, I couldn't even imagine this this fight without mm-hmm. you. And mm. oh, yeah. sometimes we are on different battlefields. God have you on the right side and have me on the left side. Have me on the left side, have you on the right side. Have me in the east coast and you in the uh, west coast or in the south. But wherever we mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. you know, all you got to do mm-hmm. is tap me in. So I said, I'm there, you know. Yes, and uh, yes. so having said that, uh, let me just say this. You know, sometimes we get into situations and we're not obedient to God. This woman, uh, my sister, have been obedient day one. When mm-hmm. I first asked yes. her to run, she had no yes. desire to be in politics and let me know that she was not going to be a politician and went and took some classes so that she could get 
another master's degree in political science. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I just I just say I've never met anybody that was so dedicated to understanding the job so that her staffers wouldn't control her office. Um, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think all of my hats off to you, Dr. McKellar, and uh, I sincerely am happy and elated to be here to stand in uh, for you today. Uh, let me say this to those you, people in Texas. Oh, welcome. Oh, welcome, sister. Welcome. And there's some Amen. things that you can't say that I, that I will say. Uh, I live uh, in Henderson, Texas. Uh, that's he, he, East Texas. Many of you know. Uh, in East Texas, uh, Henderson, uh, which is Russ County, and Smith County, uh, Tyler, Texas, have a great history. Nacogdoches have a great history. And part of that history is many African Americans were able to, after years and years of being in bondage and enslaved, they were able mm-hmm. to financially and as well as scholastically rise above mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. slavery to which they mm-hmm. were uh, induced. And mm-hmm. education was important. Dr. McKellar went to uh, Tyler Junior College and got her her AA degree and went on and, and got a BS degree and went on and got a master's degree and went on and got her PhD, mm-hmm. served in the mm-hmm. military, got, got a, became a, a major, uh, was, was hurt uh, in war and built hospitals, came back and uh, opened up uh, schools and did all these things. Let me tell you something, people. I'm in Compton right now. And if you don't think the illegal immigrants will push you out of your community, you're wrong. I told people in East Texas that East Texas was a was a prime area to get because they have a lot of low uh, uh, income property. They have a lot mm-hmm. of low housing, and and, and mm-hmm. it would be great for those coming over the border. Those that mm-hmm. coming over the border are not coming over to coming over the border with a with a with a hobo uh, bag and a stick mm-hmm. anymore. They're coming over with kilos of of, of drugs, and they get set up within 24 hours of being here in the United States because along that travel, as an illegal immigrant, they're migrating the drugs with them. And they come in, and they're able to buy houses and trucks and cars and and, and get established uh, very quickly, whereas black people uh, in East Texas – have had to work hard two or three generations to pay off properties. Um, I understand that there is a Latina running against Dr. McKellar. I will tell you this, uh, and this is Bishop Guillory talking, okay? Mm-hmm. I am the Ombudsman General, and my comments, my opinions, and my truth are my own. If y'all sit back and don't get out to vote, or allow someone else to get in to split your vote. Mm-hmm. You will be like many of the other cities across America that don't have representation. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't care if you're a Democrat and you're sworn allegiance to a party that have abused you, have used you, and every once in a while give you a token of, of a beacon of light. Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't sit back and allow somebody to come in and tell you we're all family because we're not. We're not all family. Some of us are in-laws, and some of us are outlaws. And you don't ever want to be family with the outlaws, okay? 
So mm-hmm. vote your conscience. Understand that Dr. McKellar didn't just come uh, uh, step into Tyler. Dr. Okay. Kerry been fighting Lee Gomert, someone that even President Obama had problems fighting. You right. understand? Yep. And I'm going to tell you something else, and I'm saying this. I will warn any black community, because I'm in Compton right now, and most people, when you think Compton, you think black. Well, it's not. It's 70% Latino X, as they call themselves now. Because mm. now we don't just have Mexicans. We have uh, uh, Salvadorians and, and, and a number of other Latin countries that are coming over here. However, they do not believe in black and brown politics. They do not believe in sharing the political seat. And for us to just now finally get somebody black that's going to speak up for us, and let's, not, let's not act like we don't pretend. Mm-hmm. Many of the first blacks that were in these seats were Uncle Tom's and ain't Tina's. And they looked out for themselves. They didn't look out for the community. But you've seen her pedigree. You've watched her stand up for, for uh, black kids and white kids and Latino kids. One of the first things she said is that I'm not going to be just for black people. I'm going to be for all people. I can't. Gil, I can't do it. Listen, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I have to be there. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I appreciate that. So we don't need one of them running in there and trying to replace her. And if anybody mm-hmm. had good intentions, they would have came to her and they would have said, listen, we love the way that you fight for us. Can you mm-hmm. take this person as a protege up under you? Because Dr. McKellar has had proteges and assistants and people, and she's fight for women's rights. She fights, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and she don't say, oh, yeah, uh, is there any black? She comes out. Yep. But I'll tell you, you can't have a war when only one side is fighting. That's right. You're fighting all sides. And you better make sure that you have a warrior. You better make sure you have a a, 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 a rank-and-file general on your side. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and don't be biting me about it. It's the young people time. Well, hell, young people got to be prepared. I don't mind supporting yep. young people. Yep. But you can't be like some of my kids and some of my grandkids and some of my some of my uh, 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 godchildren who know everything except for how to pay a bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't lead yep. me, and you you don't even know what leadership is. Yep. So I'm telling y'all who can hear my voice today. I've tried to warn y'all 15 years ago that it was coming. Well, now it's time. And mm-hmm. all of you that have fought so hard, go to church and pray. You know the racism that you faced in Tyler. You see, you have constables that have been arrested, beat their case, they put people against them. You've seen FBI agents that became the supervisors that had to resign because of the racism in Smith County. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. And whatever you do, do not take the, oh, I just, we just want to be a part. You're already a part. Mm-hmm. You're part because the Democrat Party has supported illegal immigrants coming into this country. And lastly, I will say, Trump was a criminal in office, just like the criminals before him. And there was a few things that even the criminal has to say, because there's some truths in even the devil's mouth. He said, we got to get a handle on this border. We have yeah. to get a handle 
on this border. You can't have a contract when it starts off illegal. And what about all of the people that are in line that's doing it the right way? What signal do you give to them who've been denied and had to return home on visas, on education visas, on, on work visas, that did it the right way when you just say, okay, all you illegals, we're going to give you amnesty again. I'm all amnesty now. Mm-hmm. And when to show your disrespect, to show your 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 lack of civility, you go and attack one of our own because you want to be a part in it. After a hundred years of fighting to become to get to the table, even after we were out of slavery, a hundred years out of slavery, we're still fighting to get a position. We're supposed to come and just turn it over. Y'all better get y'all butts out there and vote. You better register. You better recognize. And if Trump didn't show you all that you could be, you're just one step to go back into slavery. You better watch yourself. Now, I don't like my sister being abused, and I will tell you at a now, and this is Bishop Guillory speaking. I have not spoken to Dr. McKellar. We have not talked about this. So if you got someone to blame it on, Google me and blame it on me. Everybody else do. But I am telling you this. She's not left behind. Many of the people who live uh, uh, in, 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 in Tyler, their children have moved on. Many of the people that, that go down Gentry, their, their brothers and sisters and, and, and neighbors have gotten education and moved on. She's not left behind. Time she could have sold her home and moved to Houston or Dallas. Okay, so mm-hmm. those those I'm not just gonna tell the truth. I'm sorry. People gotta know. People gotta know the truth. Okay, she's not there because she needs to be there. Being on that city council doesn't do anything for her. She's there being a servant, not a politician. So, and she sure don't need that seat to beat Louis Gomer. <laughs> but what but what has to happen is people got to re- start to realize she's been fighting all this time for you. Oh, Dr. yes. Dr. McKellar oh, has yes. never had a problem. I had Republicans that tell her, you just changed to Republican, you'll be in there tomorrow. She'll tell you. I'm not lying. I took her to Republicans that said, listen, we could, the only thing is you need to change over being Republican. You can't do it. This is what my family. This is what this is who I am. You know, I, I sorry, I, I can't do it. So if it was just about her being elected, she would have did it. We had some judges <laughs> down that were good friends of ours. They told us them too. If you don't turn a Republican, we're going to vote you out. They did. Voted them out. Voted them out. We can't continue to use the same formula. And expect for a different result. More importantly, we can't keep thinking that God, the creator of all of us, are going to continue to send his son, his, 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 his prophets, Martin, Malcolm, Mahatma Gandhi. He's not going to keep on sending you people and you turn your back and let them die. When Jesus was on the cross, the people were asked. Who shall we give a pardon to? And they let him die. He was perfect. That's why Bishop Gillard don't try to be perfect. 
how does imperfect people want a perfect leader? You just show me what you do to a perfect leader. Yep, so I true. got permission. I got permission <clears throat> from Dick Gregory to call you what you are, to call you mm-hmm. what they call you behind your back, to remind you that you're two steps from being right back here on the plantation. Now, you're going to let a little, little young girl come in and challenge one of our own? Let's take it to the, 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 the wild kingdom. Let's take it to one of the nature pictures. You've got mm-hmm. lions out there. You are pride. You're going to let some young lioness come in and chew up the person who is, is getting the food for you? Yeah, the lioness. Queen Mother, she goes out and gets the food. She gets the meat. She brings the money from Washington. She brings the Camilla Harris. I talk to Camilla. They just AKAs. They sisters. They real sisters. <laughs> but this woman, this woman has been able to go. I took her to people's houses that own the Warner Brothers Studios, and the next thing I know, they had her on stage. <laughs> Respecting her as a, the the next congresswoman. From, from Texas. Mm-hmm. She represents mm-hmm. Texas. Yes, yes. And before she met me, she was smiling and skinning and grinning with Bill Clinton, her and her sister, in magazines. You need somebody to put East Texas on the map to be able to receive the funding that is necessary to keep you working being educated and, and tapping into the latest. All of the stuff that we used to do is done. Even before COVID, the industry has changed. Just like your telephone. And if you don't keep up, you get left behind. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this person is. I don't know who this person is. And I don't know who the black person is that would even come in and split the vote. But what I can say is this. I intend to come down there and campaign to help my sister. And I hope that everybody who's listening to my voice understands you have a fiduciary responsibility to yourself yes. to help out. Yes, yes and, and, yes. and you don't have to live in Smith County. You don't have to live in Tyler, Texas to help. You can make phone calls anywhere in the, in the country. Hell, if, if, if they can have people in Bangladesh and India calling me about my car and my service, on my car, you sure can call and say, hey, listen, I'm calling you on behalf of Dr. Shirley McKellar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they have a question, you give them Dr. McKellar's campaign headquarters number or her website or her office number. Well, she can't call. No, no, not her office number. But, 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 those are the things that we can do. You can send some money. Yeah, we send money yes. everywhere else. Mm-hmm. But don't think that you can sit back and do nothing. And we're going to win this election. We have African Americans all over this nation, Democrats, being challenged by people that have not lived as long, have not put in any work. Mm-hmm. So I suggest that you do. Tonight, uh, uh, Dr. McKellar, we're going to have uh, Mike Willie from 
the Chargers. He has done the same thing. He's gone just like you, except uh, he was away. Uh, you were away in the service. He was away in the NFL. But came back home and decided he wanted to do something good for his community. So uh, uh, Mike Willie, you know, as many of you know, was born, born and raised in Compton and uh, uh, went on to, to what they call JUCO, which is a junior college, just like you, Dr. McKella. Uh, he went to uh, Cerritos Junior College and then on to ASU. After graduating uh, ASU, he uh, was uh, he walked on the field and uh, told them, "I'm going to take some, a spot today," and uh, uh, wasn't laughable to those guys that had to had to get hit by him. But he ended up being mm-hmm. signed with the uh, Chargers, and they love him. He's still an ambassador. He played a few years in the league uh, for uh, for the Chargers, and then went on to Baltimore, Maryland, and then on to. Uh, Canada and to some some other teams until he decided that okay, I need to do something else that would contribute to those individuals that help me and those individuals be a light for those individuals that couldn't realize their dream. Uh, Mike Williams, <clears throat> welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, it's pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm excited. Well, uh, say hello to Dr. Shirley McKellar. She's a city councilwoman down in Tyler, Texas. Hey, how's it going? Good afternoon, sir. Yes, and welcome to the show. We're happy to have you on, and we have Dr. Richard Hagney also on uh, with us from uh, East Texas as well. Hey. Thank you. Hey, Dr. thank you. I, I was wondering who was who was my, with my wingman there. I was like, okay, now do who I have, do I have Pastor McKellar on? Who? Amen. So, uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Okay. So, what I'm doing, I'm just living my my second dream. You know, I was a, I achieved my first goal, going my dream job, going to the NFL. But then my, you know, another goal that was was for to be here for the people. You know, after I was done with my NFL job, being there for my brothers and sisters, and you know, people that helped me make it to that that next level. So, you know, right now I'm just being a warrior for our community and, you know, being out there because I, I see that we just need teamwork in the city of Compton and we can make a lot of things happen and love and, you know, working together and understanding, you know, looking at it like it's a team sport and, and, and working together t- towards a, tom- a common goal. So right now I'm just going back to the city that I love. I came back after the NFL, but I just, I'm just back in the city I love and, you know, working hard to level us up, you know, give us, what Compton deserves because we, we make a lot of promising people, a lot of strong people, and I owe to Compton after Compton gave me the, the strength to go to finish junior college, go to finish uh, college and go to the NFL and make that happen and really push. So I owe it to those people in Compton to help bring those platforms, bring the, the sources that we need, bring the teamwork and players that we need, and, you know, just get things done instead of, you know, just talking about it, just being about it really. It's all about putting in that work to to get things done. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm just living life. You know, I'm just happy. This is fun. So you're not a politician. I don't know. No, this is, <laughs> I hate. I'm not a politician. I'm just the helping. I'm a teammate. I'm a brother. I'm a I'm a great brother to my my sisters. My my brothers, and I'm a great a great bigger brother. So besides that, I'm just doing God's work. Really, I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I had my fun going to the NFL. It was a blessing because you know going through the obstacles and making it through Compton is already a obstacle itself. So after achieving that goal, shoot, I'm having fun doing this and, and showing by example and bringing people to the table that 
that confidence some people with confidence couldn't meet and couldn't get out and get. So I'm bringing it to the table. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, your platform. What is it that you want to do uh, once you're elected? Uh, once I'm elected, we, we obviously need, you know, focus on our public safety, getting everything in order with that. But besides uh, focusing on stopping the violence and the street violence, we, we have to, you know, we're going to bring in this hospital. You know, the charges will help us bring in this hospital and, Get that base going because that'll that'll bring us 250 bedrooms. That'll bring us a trauma center, bring us the emergency room, bring us mental health services. Having that in the city of Compton that'll be great because we haven't had one since 1991, and I was one years old when they uh, tore it down. So having that back in the city, putting that in the place, and also bringing together developments to bring down the tax base in Compton and to you know get about this hundred million dollar deficit that we're in. So. Bringing in redevelopment, bringing these sky rises, this nice luxury vibe that you can see multiple views of of the of the coast, and you know, and not having to go to the courthouse to see those views because you know the courthouse is the biggest building in Compton, and that's that's a, that's, just, that's crazy. So you know, bringing some more views and bringing another luxury tax uh, tax, you know, to bring us money and handle things the right way, and then not even talking about parking wrecks and bringing the right programs you know, different developments where, you know, you got business development where you want to prep for businesses and handling the youth to, to give them that, that platform so they can know what they want to do and how they want to do it. And then that goes crossing over with colleges, you know, NCAA requirements and, you know, helping the kids that are athletes and want to go to colleges, guiding them on what classes they need, what electives they need so they can know what to do before they get there, you know, years out. So besides that being that platform that, really gives the kids tools so they can do what they have to do, you know, know what they want to do. And, you know, building, fixing the streets. We obviously, you know, fixing the streets, but we need to do it in a more precise way, something that's more effective. And buying the machinery will be more effective, buying it ourselves, and then training the people from the community to do this service. That will be more efficient for our funds. And I think it will go, you know, go better with giving people jobs in the community and fixing our streets at the same time because they will want to fix it and learn how to fix it at the best ability. So that's you know that's kind of the top basis, but we you know you know we're gonna fix Compton. It's here to restore Compton, listen to Compton. The mayor doesn't run the city. That's why I'm I'm not running to run this. I'm not running for mayor because I want to run the city. I'm running for mayor because I'm a leader. I have the connections. I have the energy. I have the love to help restore Compton because we are in a hole, and I have that energy to get us out the hole and work together. You made a lot of friends. When you're in the NFL, yes, a few, a few billionaires, and uh, they're willing to support you in this endeavor. Um, how many other candidates are in the race? Well, how many other candidates in the race? Let me look. There's nine. To be no, no, no. I'm looking at the sample ballot as we speak. Okay. Okay. So my question is. <laughs> I want to I want our listening audience to know uh, that somebody was put in the race because their name was similar to yours. That's an old that's an old uh, uh, secret that people do to take you away from your vote is to put somebody whose name. So 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 is, did that happen to you? Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's yeah, it happened, but you know. Yeah, so, Mike, I, I'm going. I want to. I want to digress a little bit because I want to. I know that that 
really upset you. But let me tell you something. Um, when God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Dr. McKellar, uh, who is a city councilwoman in Tyler, uh, she's on the phone. And right now she's very sore. She was a major in the Army. She served in the Army and uh, Desert Storm, um, uh, Iraq. She's been in Iraq. Uh, She she built hospitals, uh, uh, one of the first women's hospitals. She's done a lot in the community. But more importantly, when I first told her to run for the U.S. Senate, uh-huh. And she was contemplating running for the U.S. Senate. Uh, we decided that she could run and win an easy seat in Congress. Until we found out that not only was it a gerrymandered community, uh, the, the district, but it was also uh, people had been disenfranchised. But the worst disenfranchisement is when di- people disenfranchise themselves, when they just get to a place where they just feel that everything is going to stay the same. We can't beat them, right? And that's the worst, the worst disenfranchisement that you can have. But what I wanted to tell you is that Dr. McKellar can tell you she had ran three times before the media would even acknowledge that she was a vetted. United States veteran with a doctorate degree that should have been given the notoriety of being a candidate two consecutive terms before. But the media and the community would not even much acknowledge her. And she had been a reporter and a talk show host for years had opened up a daycare center in a school. Most qualified. More than qualified than her opponent, who was the incumbent. And they did things to undermine her campaign. And as a constellation, God made her a city councilwoman in the very city that this incumbent congressman who is known as the buffoon of Congress. So uh, I just thought it would be good to have you on the show. I had uh, contacted Dr. McKellar regarding uh, Earl Campbell because there started to be so many similarities, and she, you know, advised me that uh, – we need to pay a few condolences to the Campbell family. They lost Campbell due to COVID. Mm, sorry to hear that. Yeah, so mm. am I. I, I, I have to get on the mm. phone with RB and others and let them know because I'm not sure if it was mm. on the news or what, but I hadn't heard it. Dr. McCullough, do you know when that happened? Yes, uh, his 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 elder brother Willie Campbell, uh, which is the one that said that he was the better football player than even Earl was. So so it's been <laughs> probably about <laughs> it's about about six weeks now, maybe. 
maybe six. Oh my yeah. goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah. That should have been that should have been national and international news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was like in Texas. Of like, course, Doctor like Hagney knows uh, knows that family very oh, well. Oh yes, oh well. yes, very well. I like to comment something the gentleman was just saying. You know, uh, we, uh, I'm so impressed when he looked at the whole picture, particularly my healthcare background. His discussion about the hospital, as we talk about the virus, we talk about preconditions and equity and, and the spirit of healthcare in our community and rural is also across America. But him to say, first of all, recognize there was a need for a hospital in Compton. I don't, I'm not familiar with Compton. But the idea to have the hospital, the need for the hospital there, with the residents been doing prior to that, that's very impressive because with this task force we've organized in East Texas, we have concluded one thing we want to do, invite all the candidates to come, well, on Zoom, to talk with us with the healthcare task force. So that would help uh, uh, foster their information, understanding about health care. Because when we look in, in these United States, as we all know, when we look at the data and the outcomes in our community, they're totally unacceptable. We see the, the impact of the virus on our community because of the prior uh, disparities in our health care. When I'm just thinking, when he mentioned the lack of a, a hospital facility in Compton, that's very significant. When they, they build, we have to travel outside. I've been so disappointed in some of these areas where you you elect people, then you turn around and have no hospitals in those areas. You still have that disparity health care in that area. So I'm just, I'm impressed with what he said, and, and I'm just gonna, I'm making a note of that. All the future candidates, confirm we said all the future candidates that we're going to invite into our task force or the Zoom, we're going to share and not, we're going to discuss with them the significance in our community. So I, I just take my hat off for him good. to mention Doctor, jobs and yes, other sir. areas of yes, health care is very significant. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let me also add, you know, Compton is 10.2 square miles, okay, with more than 100,000 people, okay? People die, or at least, yeah, they, people do die, on route to the hospital. Oh my they God. can be rerouted. They can be rerouted to another hospital. The area of Los Angeles considered Watts has Martin Luther King with 150 beds. You have um, St. Francis Hospital in Linwood. I believe they have about 100 or 50 to 200 beds. You have Lakewood who have about 50 to 100 beds. You have Gardena who have about 75 beds. You have uh, uh, Long Beach. All of the cities around Compton have hospitals. At one time, wow. Compton had three hospitals. Oh my and I just think it's irresponsible not to have one with that many elderly people. And oh my when God. Mark, my buddy who has the billboards, he talked to me and he said, you need to, since you guys are doing a listening campaign, you need to get with Mike and find out what the people want. Mm-hmm. So I got mm-hmm. with Mike and I said, Mike, you know, let's do a listening campaign. So Mike went out and he talked to the seniors, he talked to the young people, he talked to the uh, uh, different races of people. He came back mm-hmm. and he made a list of things. On the top of that list, he had, we need a hospital. I was born at Dominion Valley Hospital, and they don't have a hospital. I said, well, put that down there. You know, the the access that you have to capital and to people who build things, Mm-hmm. They're going to ask you, and they did. What do you want us to do? 
how can we help you? Compton needs a hospital. The other thing is that I think we get so discombobulated with, you know, these narratives that go out. Affordable Mm -hmm. housing, income housing, Mm -hmm. homeless housing. What about the people that go and and, and get their doctorate degree or their MD or their business degree or whatever, engineering degree, and they want to come back home? They don't want to live in a a 57 or a a 52-built home that, you know, you can hear the bedrooms from each other. You know, they Mm -hmm. like to have homes that are suitable to their uh, place in society. I never Mm -hmm. forget going to Dr. McKellar's son's home. Right, that's right, Dr. McKellar. You you, You know, people have to realize that there are some people who sacrifice to stay, but there are some people who are not willing to make that sacrifice to come back. You have to have housing proportionate with the people that you want to come back because they have been out and they've become accustomed to jacuzzi tubs. And I'm not yeah. saying that people in the hood don't have jacuzzi tubs because some of them do. But when you have a house that was built in 1952 or 1947, the electrical cannot support the type of equipment and things that people have in their house today in modern time, okay? That's right. And so we're going to build sky rises. You know, as he said, the highest, the tallest building in the city is the courthouse. Oh, my goodness. We need housing that's proportionate with the income of those professionals that you want to bring back to Compton. And I'm not saying that you displace the people that are here, but you have to make room for the people that want to come and participate and live. And in Bishop, the city. can I? I want to jump in. You are you are one hundred percent correct because let me just share with you that in my district, District Three, what I said to them is that I do not want District Three to be looked at as a low income district. We're getting, mm-hmm. and Dr. Hackney can tell you this, we're getting a medical school built right here in Tyler, Texas. We have physicians and nurses who are coming in here doing their internship about 10 minutes down uh, Highway 271, which is on the mm-hmm. same side of my district. And I said yeah. to them, I want some homes that these Medical people do not have to right. travel across town all the way out exactly. to Flint and Bullard. You know, if they right. want to build out there, fine, but they don't have to go that far. They could build exactly. 10 minutes from their home because we have the land in my district in order to be able to do right. it. Thank you for bringing that out, Bishop. Exactly. I digress. No oh, no problem, no problem. Uh, Mike, do you think it's yeah. a great idea? I think that's a great idea. Yes, I do. I'm glad you came up with it. So, Mike, do you have any questions for Dr. McKellar on, you know, how she transitioned from being a medical doctor into being a city council person? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I could ask what, you know, what was, what makes you stay focused? Like, how do you just block out all the? What makes you achieve the goal and make it get the win? Even though you know you have different odds to this and that, and you can't do it if you can't do it. You know all these different things. But what is the key factor of you to give uh, a note to someone that's you know just just like minded as you and on the same mission and want to make change? What would you tell that person 
what, what note would you give him to, 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 to succeed with his mission? What would you give that person? What okay, would, yeah, that's, what kind of advice would you give him? That's an excellent question. The the one thing that I always said about myself is that, number one, I don't compete with someone else. I compete with Shirley McKellar competes with Dr. McKellar. So I set all my goals and my objectives for myself. I remember when I decided that I was going to run for uh, Congress because Bishop said, you know, you have all these skills, you have these talents, you have this ability, you have everything that's needed for a congressperson to run, and you're sitting on a wasted talent. And so I went away and I thought about that, but then I also remembered what my parents said to me, and that is mm. that whatever you do, always be academically prepared in every aspect, mm. both professionally and academically. So I said, all right, I want to run for Congress. I'm going to, but I have to go back to school and get my degree in political science. And Bishop said, and others said, no, you don't have to do that. You already have enough education. And I said, well, no, I've been, I've, it's been a long time since I studied uh, the, the uh, political aspects, my history, my civics, mm. and all of that. So I just want to refresh myself. And so, uh, so I just believe in getting that piece of paper, getting that education. Education is ongoing. And so I went to mm. five campaign schools, and I enrolled <laughs> at University of Texas, and I got my degrees in political science. Then I went away. I was totally prepared. I knew I was prepared, and I knew I had everything that it would take in order for me to run for that seat because, as Bishop and- mentioned, I wanted to have the same knowledge that the people who are, were going to work for me in this campaign, I wanted to have that knowledge so that nobody could try to fool me in what was actually right. supposed to be. So therefore, now, always that was, my, that was a big my message fight, is to prepare. And that was a big prepare. fight. And that was a big fight. <laughs> and that was a big fight. Okay. Because like I told her, and we fought about this, and I want you to hear this on the radio, because I was so upset that she took so long going back to school. She already had nine, thirteen degrees. You know, I called her a professional darn student. But let me tell you something. When you're, and, I, and I know people are going to get upset. So, Dr. Keller, I want you to make sure that you recognize. You tell him, you say, he said it first. So don't forget. This is my opinion. I told Dr. McKellar, I said, you went back and you got that degree. You're going to lose. She was talking in a manner to which those people did not understand. They had a functional retard as a congressman. Then they had an overeducated, in my opinion, African uh, American queen that wanted to unseat him. And I'm gonna tell you something. There was something that happened when when people went from a Barack Obama to a Donald Trump. Some people like to hear dumb people talk, and you can be so smart that people feel intimidated and they feel that's too much education for one colored girl to have. At least that's what I heard because people are still stuck in their ways. Every single time that she ran for Congress and lost and we were on the campaign trail, I would tell her she'd get pissed off. I said, you're going to lose. She said, I'm here. I'm not going to. I said, you're going to lose. Listen, I've been doing this since I'm 13 years old. We went some places. We traveled all the way from East Texas to Austin. We put together the most elaborate situation. Two phone calls, and every one of them people that was in the Democrat Party was afraid to show up to this mansion that we had gotten that was owned by black people. Dr. McKellar? That's it. That's right. 100. Okay. 
100. You understand what I'm saying? So don't tell me about folks, okay? Her degrees look wonderful on her wall. But for a person that don't even know how to write their damn name, they write an X. And you come into their door <laughs> telling them, I got a Ph.D., <laughs> I got three masters, I went back to school even after having a Ph.D. She did. She had a Ph.D. and went back to school to get a master's degree in political science. And she got a functional retarded man who squealed like a damn cow who jumps up in Congress with a sign talking about what deal, and she could not beat him. Some people like retarded people. Some people like functional retards being their congressperson. So after she said that, <laughs> she ran to the council, and I told her what she said. She took out her papers. I said, you're going to win. Because what they don't know, that her calves look like most people's thighs from walking and knocking on doors. And she had knocked on every door in Tyler. So in her district, I knew she was going to win. Hands down. Some people said she should have ran for the commissioner job, which she probably will at some point after she, you know, mm-hmm. gets ready to retire from Congress. But, Mike, <laughs> I want you to ask, I want you to listen to her work ethic. Mm-hmm. How, how many hours did you put in the campaign once you started Dr. McKellar. <laughs> day in and day out, early morning to late at night. My 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 slogan was boots on the ground, and my boots stayed on the ground from early morning to late night, having events traveling all across 13 to 15 counties over and over and over and over in East Texas. I know East Texas like the back of my hand. Of course, I'm in East Texas, and I was born in East Texas. And and how many Congress uh, uh, person of uh, people that were running for Congress that could have endorsed and put their boots on the ground and made you a shoe in that they sat right. themselves in their office and didn't do one thing because they felt that you would come to Congress and outshine their ninety year old self. <laughs> okay, you ain't gotta say it. I say. So the jealousy, the jealousy, is there. And, Mike, that's what you're receiving. Don't get upset. Mm-hmm. That's what you're receiving. People are jealous. First of all, they did not accomplish the NFL. And that's Dr. Hard. Keller, she had awards from the, from the service. So she started out as a woman that was a major. She started off. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, she started off ahead of them, Right. But see, mm-hmm. there's something, and this is what I told you when we met with the school district superintendent. Most of the narratives that come from the South, maybe get an education. Did you hear what Dr. McKellar said? My mother said, make sure that you get an education. Make sure you know everything about it so you don't have to depend on nobody else. Yes. Once, once you have that mindset, you got it. Dr. McKellar, tell them, tell them about your degrees. Just, just tell them how many degrees you got. <laughs> well, 
I have a lot of interest. And so Bishop mentioned this, and, and I concur with this. I, I think learning is ongoing. I'm a life learner. I'm a life student. And so in or, new things come about. New things come about in medicine. New things come about uh, in every aspect that I study. So then why would I not? Dr. Hagney is a, a, a doctorate in pharmacology, pharmacy. So new drugs come out. So he has to go back and study those new drugs. I have to go back and study. So in order for me to keep up with what's going on, I have to be a life learner. I have to be because why would you want to come into my clinic and I don't know what's going on, what the latest uh, clinical trials have been and the new medicine that's come out. So therefore, I continue to go to school. So I have, and I I just don't just take the courses just to take the courses. I work toward the specific paperwork. I work toward the degree. So I started out, as Bishop mentioned, at Tyler Junior College. I was probably the sixth student to enroll in Tyler Junior College. It was not, it was very difficult. And I've talked about uh, Tyler Junior College. Black, black, black. Yeah, black students. Because it wouldn't allow blacks to have education. Right. And so what was so beautiful about it. <laughs> right. But what was beautiful about it, let me tell you what was beautiful about Tyler Junior College. Even though all of us had the same names at Tyler Junior College, you know what those na- that name was, right? We were all had the same name. It began with an N. So in the meantime, it the reason why I said it came full circle is because I was invited back to Tyler Junior College after I got my doctorate. Uh, and then I was their keynote speaker for a massive event that was held at Tyler Junior College. And then my dear friend now, who is the president of Tyler Junior College, has already talked to me about uh, serving and being a part of their board. And so I'm active in my community straight out everywhere, because I was always active in my community. But now they recognize you differently after you become an elected official. But I'm still doing the same thing that I was doing all the time anyway. So it's just kind of interesting how you finally have that seat at the table that then now they begin to recognize what you've already done all along anyways. So that lastly, when I went back to get my – when I was in the master's program at University of Texas for political science because I got my master – I already had two other degrees from University of Texas anyways, and so – so my professor said, look, you know all of this. You got this. You need to go out there and win us an election. You don't need to continue to take course to course after course. And so I haven't been back since, but I still take courses that will tell me what's going on new in the medical world. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. So, That's outstanding. <laughs> Doc, you wanna you wanna add something? No, I just, you know, Oh yeah, Dr. Hagney. Jim, Dr. Hagney Hagney is a brilliant uh, medical uh, student as well, and he knows what I'm saying about having to go back and continue to study, especially in the field of medicine. You, oh, yeah. the one thing that you want to be able to do is to educate your community to keep them abreast of what is coming out new into medicine because there's always something new coming out. And I'm so excited that we're going to get a medical school here uh, in Tyler, yeah. Texas. And, uh, but go ahead, uh, Dr. Hagney. That, that is so true, the continuing education component. We're so critical about that now. Our community, uh, they're looking for someone 
like us to listen to. That's why it's important for us to continue our research and, and also communicate to our community. And that's why I mentioned earlier about the hospital. Just imagine the medical staff that's going to have to staff that hospital from administration all the way down. And to represent the community, you know, and you're talking about job housing and everything, the staff of the hospital, you're talking about a lot of people, from administrators and nurses, doctors, a lot of individuals. That, and then think about the youth incompetent who may have thought about or want to be a physician, nurse, pharmacist, or whatever. Now they once you build a hospital and everything, they'll have people in that house, in that hospital, in their community that they can get to know. You know, with doctors, we we go out and talk and speak at schools all the time, whether it be high school, university, students will see us. And that's what the impact that that hospital, that facility will have on competence community will, will, will continue for years. And you'll have physicians, nursing groups want to be physicians, will become physicians because what you have done for building that hospital in that community. Not to mention, my God, our seniors who had to travel those ways and those distances to visit those clinics and, you know, the transportation issue and all that. So it's just going to be amazing to see the impact that the hospital will have on the entire community. So that's why I'm so excited at what you're doing with that. Wow. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, no, I'm listening. I'm listening. No, I want you to listen. I want you to recognize that, you know, what you were saying the other day that sent chills up my spine because it was something that you said that your mom told you, and uh, you went back to Arizona to uh, make sure that you got your degree. And even though you had went to the NFL, and most people said, well, you already was in the NFL. You don't have to go back. You know, I want to talk about something, Dr. McKellar, that um, you and other doctors may not know if you didn't go to school on a sports scholarship. So we have a lot of young men that uh, are allowed in universities nationwide to play football or basketball, and their scholarship is contingent on them playing. They'll bust these guys' heads with these helmets, helmet to helmet. Hit them and run as fast as you can and helmet to helmet. And, and, and they cause concussions. They break their knees and their 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 ligaments and their knees and their and their ankles and their you know and they basically get these young men where they're so medically screwed up that they can't even go into the NFL and they don't mm-hmm. get a dime and many mm-hmm. times that if they if they uh, can't play after a certain amount of time they they, they lose their scholarship so yeah. they leave. Mm-hmm out of the university with no ability to go into the NFL and you don't even get your degree. So now you can't even go get a, get a job or work in that respective uh, uh, field of study. You know, mm-hmm. these are the things mm-hmm. that we have to discuss. These universities make billions of dollars on athletic uh, uh, sports programs where African-Americans yeah. are being used. Well, and you know, Bishop. Ahead, you, you know, I, you know, I, you, you know what you 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 know what you just described for him. Yes, sir. And Dr. She, she she related this. You just described the type of facility, the center, the need in that hospital in Compton. You know, you know, right. they don't need to go well UCLA and all the little places. Why not look at a a, a component in that hospital that would address those those needs? Because it starts in high school to college. 
what it, imagine a center in Compton, part of that hospital, that those individuals could go to. Imagine the impact. And I, I don't think you have a problem at all finding funding for that, because as you know, yeah. as you know, guys in the, in the NFL and prior and out and all that, just asking those guys and get all the people to sign that wing and that facility to that facility, that would be enormous. That would be impressive. Neuro- I don't know neurology, you know. neurology and orthopedics, right, Doc? That's what you're talking about. Right, right ne- there. In neurology Compton. and orthopedics. Yeah. Right there in Compton. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you won't have a problem finding funding. You know the people have funding. Just need someone who help you design the building. <laughs> Call Doctor McKellar. She help you design the building. <laughs> <laughs> be my pleasure. That's awesome. Well, I want to. I want to say this. Dr. McCullough, you you've been talking about that hospital for a long time. Uh, when you were right. doing the project up in, in Dallas, and I'm glad it's coming to fruition. And right. you know that's how it works. And I'm glad that Mike and the team here at Team Compton are going to put this hospital there because I have I've thought about it for many many years. After you know, the person would ask me a question, "Where were you born?" And I would say, "Dominion uh, Valley Hospital." They said, oh, where is that? I said, it doesn't exist anymore. It was in Compton. Mm. Mm. You know, and Mike, one year after he was born there, they tore down this hospital. Okay? Wow. And, 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 and for 29 years, as he said, there hasn't been a hospital. You know, and he's the only candidate running for mayor now or in that 29 years that's ever said, hey, listen, we need to do this, and we're going to do this. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's all. You know, but you, but, yes, but you, you have the new Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services from California. You're new on the administration. The new Secretary. Am I the Secretary? I know what I'm saying. You, the new. Uh, no, Bi- Biden's, Biden's new Secretary. Right, Biden's Secretary. Health. Oh, Biden's new Secretary. What, what? Yeah. And he's from California. He's from California, right? Yes. Uh huh. Absolutely. So that. Yeah. There's there's your connection. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, not, well, not to mention not the vice president. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if you don't have a vision, doc. Okay. Yeah. Let Let me also say this: Doctor uh, Jazz is her name. She has a clinic here uh, in Compton, and um, we have another doctor who have urgent cares. They mm-hmm. both worked at Martin Luther King Hospital prior to it closing. And they have signed on to advise Mike as to what needs to be done from the physician standpoint to bring hey. physicians, the best physicians from all over the world into Compton yeah. to work there. And you're absolutely yeah. right. There will be not only for the NFL, but for the universities and, and colleges and, and, and sports medicine will be a part yeah. of this hospital. And we, you know, we, we expect that, you know, surgeries will be done there that will allow these people. If you've seen the botched knees of some mm. of these football players. Oh, my goodness. But if you wow. heard some of the stories, like Mike told a story about certain things, I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that you all are still standing. Oh my goodness! Exactly correct. Wow! You know mm. the brains being rattled that like that. You know, yeah. but you know, yeah. Mike is my godson, and I'm very biased. 
and as I've told people, uh, you know, in person uh, and via, you know, my social media, he's doing this as a labor of love. Mike is not a politician, and I see him as a very young candidate who is trying to do some good. But don't mm-hmm. mind. Like I told him when Dr. McKellar was right, she's a nice one. I'm not. I'll call you out and reveal your truths in front of everybody. <laughs> Right? Because I'm tired of us sacrificing our good, strong, and our best. Yes. For people that are in it for themselves that have no. Yep. The mere fact that Dr. McCullough, and I think about it now, she'll tell you how upset I was when she made me wait another two years so she can go get her education. <laughs> right? Ooh, I was. Dr. McCullough, tell them how mad I was. I like that. Right? But let me talk about this, and Mike will be the first mayor to have an open relationship with the school board in almost 20 years. Wow. He's already wow. started working with the Compton Unified School District. Uh, he was Wonderful. able to hand over a $10,000 check from the Chargers to the principal wow. as a gesture Wonderful. of the Chargers' love and support for him and this community. Wow. Let me also say... I'm very dissatisfied with some of our California legislators who I can't believe that have allowed themselves to 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 be so far removed from their their southern roots. As many of you may know, Compton is just a melting pot now, but used to be a black mecca for California mm-hmm. for those right. African Americans who migrated to California. Right. From right. the side. That's right. Let me say this, Doctor. My mother, her mother, her father would be ashamed that we have black elected officials who are saying college is not for everybody. Oh my goodness. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Oh. Isn't that the mm. truth? Mm-hmm. I said it's a it's a uh, it, it, it would we have black people that would flip in their grave hearing oh, yeah. a black person yes, say as a narrative college day for everybody well it's for everybody that want a job and don't want to sleep up under the bridge and be a hobo okay right and how dare oh. them come up with this situation no college may not be for everybody is what was said in my house but it better be for you because. I don't work okay. as hard as I did. Okay? <laughs> I'm like Dr. McKellar. Now, I've never heard this. Heard this okay? <laughs> and if I went this far, you better go further. Okay? That's right. Exactly. So, correct. So, so when you have unemployment uh, the way it is, let me and let me say this, too. So these all my little Republican people who get to talk about, oh, well, uh, uh, when, 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 when Trump was in office, the unemployment rate was that uh, this that uh, when 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 uh, Bush was in office, the unemployment rate was that. Let me tell you this: some let me tell you some. As a Republican who has been a Republican since I was 18 years old, was brought into by one of the black Tuskegee Airmen, General Silas King. Let me tell you something: why black folk uh, have low unemployment when Republicans get in office? Because most of them know that those racists that are in, in, in power are not going to do nothing for you. You got nothing coming. That's it. So they get That's back it. into their mode of selling and becoming entrepreneurs. Yep. Okay? Yes, a study sir. was done yep. under Bill Clinton's administration 
by Mike Epsby when he was the Secretary of uh, Agriculture. In that that study, he said that black young boys had the highest expectation of becoming entrepreneurs in this country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was oh, yeah. it was almost sixty percent. It's not until they're stopped by police, given records, right, refusing allowed yep. to go into the military or be a, be a part of the police uh, uh, change and go in a different direction. Okay, yep. that's number yep. one. And as my dear friend and mentor Dick Gregory say, how the hell do a nigga? Go from being a slave building a whole damn country to being a shiftless Negro that don't want to even work and feed his family. That's a lie. It's the biggest lie in the world. He said that. <laughs> and I quote him. He said it. He said, That's you right. Put yeah. Drugs yeah. In, mm-hmm. You put drugs in his community. You said, Jagger Hoover, you said it. You said, we can never have another black pharaoh. We can never have another Martin Luther King or Malcolm X lead these niggas out of these ghettos. We need them in the projects. We need them in the prisons. So therefore, don't look at me and say, why don't black people just do better in their communities? Why don't white people in the FBI and the CIA stop putting your uh, Cointel Pro into a position and destroying our black leaders? And then putting these puppets and these people like Clarence Thomas in position over us. You remove uh, one of the oldest, brilliant, most wonderful minds in the world that sat on the on the Supreme Court died, and you replace them with a nincompoop, a fart, <laughs> as a form of disrespect. Yeah. So, Mike, I appreciate that you can tell young people to get an education. And I, I, I would hope that from your position as mayor of Compton, that you remind people what your mama told you. That you remind people of what the South taught. And that's the reason why most of these bougie Negroes in California don't have a historical black college. With all the money See, and all it. of the glamour. And all, mm-hmm. you know what, Dr. McKenna, you know how I get on. That's, you know what I mean? Yes. As bougie as they may be. on the road tonight. As bougie as they may be, they don't have not one black historical college. That's it. Mm. That's it. That's and you're so smart. And we have two in East Texas, right? Don't be gangbanging, Dr. McKellar. And we got two in East Texas. Wiley College and Jarvis Christian College, right, Dr. And you have helped both of them. That's right. Bishop knows. And you have helped both of them. And you have helped both of them. That's right. And, and, yep. I, and I okay. was not a stranger. I was on the board of directors for the library. Yes. Uh, for the yes. for the library, and mm-hmm. the Wiley College. My daughter went to the Wiley no, College. No, no. Excuse me. We have three. I'm so sorry. Three. Texas Texas College, you didn't even Wiley check the college. college and Jarvis. How could I leave Jarvis? Check the college out. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait for you to name Texas College. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About to get in trouble. They'll be just right. They'll be texting you, girl, you know, what about us? Exactly, <laughs> correct. Exactly. But, but, but you're going to have fun, Mike. And this is the this is the uh, fraternal order or the soror order that you'll be a part of, of black educated people. The elected officials have access to a, a, a number of people that want to help, right? And exactly. many, right. Of them, many of them just don't have. Uh, the the uh, access 
okay? Because those Negroes, and I'm only saying that because Dr. McKellar don't like me to say the other word, uh, <laughs> those Negroes, uh, they are in position because they keep everybody else in submission. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mike, are you there? With Mike, Mike. Yeah, I'm right here. He's a, He's taking notes, aren't you? <laughs> you already know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm telling. I know him. He's like, okay, I'm going to remember this. I, I'm see. Like this I see. I got to write it down. But I, I have to write it down. That's right. I tell you what, right. when, when, he, uh, when, he, when he put that hospital together, I'm here to say there's some brilliant young uh, African-American researchers in, in the PhD yes. in, these, in these schools, yes. I tell you. You can start yeah. that list, the top 100 black researchers, and That's you go down that list and look at when you when you build that building over there, you can you can find some people that unbelievable. The young blacks in these PhD programs, they need your they need your site as a place to go and practice. That's you know? exactly. So don't don't worry about finding you. You don't have to leave you have to leave California. But you you can find a lot of young black researchers who, you know, they want they 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 talk a different. I have a, I have a, a granddaughter in PhD program in Rutgers. You ought to listen to her talk and how they look down in the future of things. So, by all means, when you build that building, whether it be surgery, all those areas, look and find those young black people who have who are still connected to their roots and listen to grandparents, and they're they're achieving so much. So it's just a golden opportunity. That you will be able to bring them into that hospital there and allow them to develop and to do that for us. It's, it's, it's amazing potential. Beautiful. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I want to invite. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Mike, why don't you invite him to go to your website so you all can communicate? Okay. And, 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 um, oh, yeah. And we, we can have him down well, to visit us. So our website yes. is Mayor Mike Willie, www.mayor. MikeWillie.com. That's great. It'll be an honor to have you come down to the head, you know, come down to the to the city of Compton and you know, so you around and have you on board because it's all about that's the team. Help him. That's right. That's all about the team. Team. Yeah, we're gonna need a lot of help, um, and and we're gonna, you know, that guidance. And Mike is willing to, you know, listen, and so we put together a a, a extraordinary team of elders, you know, Dr. McCarthy right. thought that was most important right. is to put yes, in with sir. Dr. Uh, Rosie Milligan and, 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 and uh, Chief Cecil Rambo and others, uh, con- former council member uh, Nate Holden, who is 90 oh, years old now, and mm-hmm. uh, just, just to give them advice and to, to let them know that, hey, you know, we were the first in the trailblazers. It's time That's to good. pass the baton, you know. Exactly. So, Dr. That's you fair. you check your schedule. We'll love yeah. to have you down here, Mike. We'll you know I'd hook you up that. with the team that's that's doing uh, uh, the 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 hospital, and we mm-hmm. can just you know because there's so much to do. And so much. Oh sure. So sure. And because Compton is in a they have a deficit. They've bonded out all their future uh, revenue from a measure uh, measure R, measure M. Imagine being so. It's like yeah, and that's why we're gonna get it back. We're gonna get the, we're gonna get money. That's why we have to get the right person in that spot that cares about the community. Exactly. And that, there that you money. go. There you go. 
So you, you know, let me of, share with you, Mike. I was during during Black Heritage Month. I was teach, uh, speaking at some of the elementary schools, and so I saw how so many of our young kids, uh, who uh, parents just made them a mask, just put together maybe a scarf around their mouths, and and so forth and so on. That I knew that probably was not uh, fighting against uh, no, the uh, airborne no. disease, right? So I, I reached out to. Uh, uh, Texas Education Association and say, look, I, I need you to help me to find masks for these kids here in the Tyler Independent School District. And so we reached out to Ford Motor uh, Corporation, and they sent oh. me 250,000 masks to be given to Tyler okay. Independent School District. And so we mm. got to take care of these young kids early so that they'll be able to get right to where uh, Dr. Hagney is talking about so they can get into these Ph.D. programs and take care of us when we get to be old people and can no longer right. take care yeah. of ourselves. Exactly. We got to take care yeah. of our kids early. Right. So we got to look out there and find exactly. those needs that our kiddos need and, and make sure that we supply what they need. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm Roger excited that. that you're running for that seat. Yeah, Roger that. And it'll, it'll actually, hopefully, it opens, opens the eyes to other athletes that come from their hometown where they can use some help in the city council, you know, because they go, they get to connect, they become part of a fraternity that has a backbone and money and support for the people that come through that fraternity, and they go back home. And then it's easier connection to different things that you need for the community to make it better, going from, you know, serving food to, you know, different products and different companies that come to the city, you know. So besides that, you know, it's going to work. You know, we just got to get the right excited people at those positions that are willing to put their pride to the side to work at a position and only work at their position and, and the stuff that they have to do, you know, holding your own, you know, being held accountable for your own job, just like on the football te- on a football field, on a baseball team, on a basketball team, you're held accountable for your position. So besides that, you know. It's just all Beautiful. in God's hands, and you know, it's, it's all love. It's all, it's all love. I love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're here, right. Mike. We have about nine minutes. Yeah. We have about five minutes left. Mike, yeah. I want to give you right. an opportunity right now. Just talk okay. about whatever. It's your platform. It's your open mic. Tell me, whatever, tell the people why they should vote for you. Say anything you want to say. Give a shout out to your baby, uh, little Mike Willie. Do whatever you want to do. You got five minutes. Okay, this is okay. I'm just gonna, I ain't gonna talk too long, but just gonna say just a shout out to you know just Compton. Shout out to young young people that's willing to be a change, be a difference maker in the community by helping and creating. You know, helping somebody else up and you know creating your own ideas, but making the team out of something. You know, just being kind to people. So just shout out to all the people that's working towards a goal and willing to change so we can have a better America, have better communities, have better communication within the communities, you know. You know, shout out to the gangbangers that stopping the violence and that's trying to help stop the violence, you know, all that type of stuff. But besides that, I'm a hometown kid, Mike Willie, you know, taking that that leap of faith, you know, shooting my shot at, at something that I'm good at, you know, being a leader, being a team player, you know, being a role model, being excited to do something that, that's needed. So, you know, running for mayor, it's all love. It's all me just coming back home after I achieved my dream job and knowing that, you know, everything that I do is for somebody else. So, 
know, willing to make those decisions, willing to be sincere about, you know, working with the people. You know, it's, it's all about the people. It's not about me. And I understand that after playing in the NFL, you know, playing around 80,000 fans, and coming out the tunnel, and, you know, catching the touchdown and running to the, to the referee and just going crazy, going to the fans and just going crazy, loving it. You know, so it's all a dream. You just really got to pick something and go for it. You know, that's pick something and go for it. Can't play around with it. You got to want that goal yeah. more than living, you know. So um, it's all about just finding something, having faith, believing in God, having that faith that you do the right thing, the thing, you know, things will work out. So finding that structure. But besides that, it's all love. and I'm just shooting my shot, you know. I had a dream. I achieved my dream, my first dream, going to the NFL. And now I had another dream, being a leader, being a mayor of Compton. Because I fit the description. I fit the description of a strong male, a strong leader, someone that is determined, relentless, willing to listen, willing to help, willing to put other people's concerns before my concerns. You know, understanding, understanding, respect, acts of kindness. That's what my granny and my mom always taught me. So, you know, I'm the right candidate. You know, you know, not even saying candidate. I'm the right brother to put in that position. You know, big brother, little brother. Grandson, you know, uncle. But, but that's Mike Willie. Mike Willie from Maryland. Mike Willie. So let let me just. I'm gonna end with my final comments before I, before we turn oh. it over to. I don't know if uh, if Dr. Hagney has Rihanna. any comments in regards, and then we'll let uh, Bishop end us. But first, I want to thank you for coming in and joining us tonight. It's just been amazing just to listen. Uh, to you and the work that you have planned for Compton. Just know that I, I know lots of people in Compton. I used to be stationed at one time uh, out there in uh, California in the military. So uh, so I know Miss Lois Hale, who was uh, with the Compton Independent School District, and a lot of them, I actually had the grand opportunity to participate in Read Across America from right there in Compton, California. So I want you to know that as my as the official city council person in District 3 that I want to endorse you for that position of mayor. And I'm always pushing uh, people who are in leadership who need to be in these leadership positions. It's time for us to make a change in America, and I'm ready yes, for you in that change in Compton, California. That's what I have to say, and I'll yes. turn it over to uh, Dr. Richard Hadley yes, and see if he Thank has you. any comments in, in regards. Thank you. Thank you very much for being with us yes, tonight. Ma'am. Thank you so much, Queen. Thank you so much. It's an honor. <laughs> Dr. Hackney, any comments from you for the young man? I think he, we may I think have already, he stepped out. Did we, okay, yes. okay, fine. All right, Bishop, I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you so much. for This was very well, enlightening for me to see that we have this gentleman, this young African-American gentleman that's going to run for, uh, run for uh, mayor of that city uh, because we need, to, we need to do more of that all across this nation have more people of color sitting in these positions because we're trained to lead. And so yes, thank ma'am. you for, for coming in and thank being you. with us tonight. Go forth and do great things. We're going to end on that note. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't go no more. We, I mean, after that, that's what, you drop the mic. See you all next Monday. God bless you all. Thanks Mike for being on the show. All right. One day. When the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out.
No man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus that's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh, glory, glory. Now the war is not over, victory isn't won, but we'll fight on. Woman and child, even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads, heroes to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a ball ego, the biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes 